Hello Talbot Village, this is the Talbot Village Podcast. This is Colin Dambroskis and I am joined by my co-host Jawad. Hey everyone. Today we are joined by Becky Lawson who runs, um, she's a retired occupational therapist who runs um, a local business, a home-based business here in Talbot yep. Village. And uh, she works with fine-tuning motor skills with children um, and I'm going to absolutely butcher her elevator speech. <laughs> Pitch. So I will let Becky jump right in, introduce yourself to the village, and let us know what you do. All right. Um, I see children. They come to my home, and we look at... They're coming because they either have fine motor skill issues, gross motor skill issues, um, or attention, focus, all that, that sort of stuff. And so they come, and I have a look at their um, body system in terms of their sensory processing, their reflex integration, the goals, the skills they're wanting to attain, and we'll work from there, whether it's shoe tying, handwriting, um, being more attentive in their sport, and we're seeing an overflow effect on all sorts of great skills and things in their lives. Right, and so this is dealing with, obviously, you know, I've got, so I I have a seven-year-old and and a 14-and-a-half-month-old. They've got their own sensory stuff so we're not talking about your basic child or are you dealing with all like do you deal with all all levels or is it specifically those who are are showing maybe signs of what we think to be early autism or Mm -hmm. perhaps just you know it's i've got a four-year-old that really is having a hard time speaking like what what would you say that that's a good question um well i do like working from my home for myself because i am seeing more of a range of kids. So if I was working in like in the past as an OT clinic based, it'd be more those kids that, that are getting or have an, a diagnosis of autism or various things. But because I'm doing this, I'm also seeing, I'm seeing some of those kids, but I'm also seeing kids that are functioning really, really already at a really great level, but um, they've gotten a bit of information from me on what I can look at and they're like, hmm, I wonder if there's a few things here that could go from good to better or better to best in the children's lives and so that's been fun for me because they're they're already at a really high level starting point obviously not the highest level they wouldn't come at all um but we're able to move the needle on them as well so that's been exciting so i like the range that i'm getting nice and it's younger kids predominantly or is there like an age group yeah sort of two up yeah i'll see eight-year-olds ten-year-olds six-year-olds two-year-olds yeah it, mostly children though like any anything yes with, with children oh, yeah children so the, the work I'm doing one could see adults who are struggling with some things um I don't I, I my gigs kids I love okay. kids yeah because I, I, I mean I've got my own sensory issues yeah. so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll leave you with that <laughs> yeah uh, that's interesting so question what 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 could be some of the triggers that might get parents to say, mm-hmm. okay, maybe my kid should see Becky? Yeah. So if they might not be able to call it sensory processing issues, right. some of them are familiar with that um, because they've sort of journeyed, started to journey that. And, and even if they don't know what to call it, they're seeing it. So what that could mean is, so there's the five senses that we're all very aware of, but there's two more. Well, there's actually three more, but there's two more that I really work with. One is called proprioception. Okay. which is the sensation of where your body is in space. So I know where my foot is, even though I'm not looking at my foot. I can feel, I can feel where it is, right? right? So kids who have a lower sense of body awareness or proprioception might be very, quote, clumsy. They're, 
smacking into a wall because they didn't really know where they or their body was in relationship to the wall. So they have a lower sense of body awareness. Mm -hmm. So they'll often um, crave finding out where their body is. So they'll crave crashing into things or wanting big bear hugs or um, always moving or wanting to be jumping because they're trying to find out where their body is in space. So those behaviors are a little outside of the norm. And so the parents are already like, what, what's up with that? Right. Um, and the other sensation that I do a lot of work with is vestibular. So that's in your inner ear. The receptors of that are in your inner ear. Proprioception is in the muscles and the joints. Um, and the inner ear. So that tells you where, um, if you're moving, if you're accelerating, you're decelerating, where your head is in space. Am I upside down? Am I gotcha. upright? Et cetera. Movement is nourishment for the for the body and for the brain and so if they're not getting a great sense of movement into their body they'll seek it out so they're always on the move they want to be upside down they want to be spinning they want to be doing those things or if they're under if they're oversensitive to movement they don't want to go on different terrain they might fall they don't want to go on a swing they get motion sick easily um if they're oversensitive to touch, they might be picky eaters or can't stand clothing. I had one girl recently come, mom's like, I can't get her socks on. We need to deal with the person. Because it doesn't, she keeps saying it doesn't feel right. What's going on with that? So they're seeing either an under responsive or an over responsive reaction to any of the seven senses. And so that can trigger, I need to see someone. Gotcha. Um, and then they come see me I through questions with the parent and gotcha. also observation with the child. We can sort of figure out their sensory map, if you like, their profile. You're oversensitive to this, you're undersensitive to that, and then what are the strategies to um, remediate that? Interesting. Yeah. So you're a hypersensitive kid that's causing a whole lot of havoc at home. You know, it could be that... They're just trying to get their body system in balance. That's 100%. all they're doing. Interesting. Yeah. Good way of putting it. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of your services, we'll, we'll call it that. Mm-hmm. Do you offer pro? Is it programs? Is it you know? I have some. I, I don't want to say um, I'm concerned about certain things. We, yeah. You know, you bring your child in. You maybe do like a review and assessment. Yeah. You maybe start planning out. Yeah. Programs and plans from there. How's that? Yes, How does very that individualized. I do one on one. Okay. Um, always have the parent in the session the whole time because the magic of my session is what happens when they leave. So the magic is what happens for the rest of the week at home. So if you come see me half an hour a week and I do some really great stuff with you as with the child, that only goes so far. But if you can understand what we're doing, why we're doing it, and do those strategies throughout the week as, as a family, mm-hmm. now we've got success. Um, but getting back to what you said, yes. Yeah, so they come in, and so obviously a good conversation with the child and the parent. What are you seeing? Why are you here? And then from there, I'll look at their reflex integration we mentioned that a bit before we put the podcast on um, which I can touch on so I look at their system around that I look at the sensory processing system we'll look at the fine motor and the gross motor skills and I can share what I'm seeing and then we can give them fun activities movements strategies over time some on the spot and then over the weeks to really help and I'm seeing such great results parents are like oh my gosh my kid is so much more engaged at hockey that wasn't our goal when they came. Oh, is that a great right. is, is that a thing for yeah. seven year olds? Because maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or oh my gosh, this, their soccer's happening. Or he was really stressed out on their way to karate and I did this strategy that you said, and oh my gosh, what a game changer. Or right. this happened. Or I'll get photos of look at their printing. How did this happen? And so some of it's directly what we're working on, and the other is the overflow effect of this, and these amazing right. results. And that's so exciting for me. Interesting. Yeah we're working on their body system do you do you think that it has anything to do with 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 today's kids or do you think that there's a whole lot of things that might be 
impacting people's sensories that that wasn't there when our parents were there? Yeah, so I can tell, well, I'll tell you what a few of the things are. One, definitely screens are an issue um, because of the all sorts of stuff, but the lack of movement, but also the brain waves, you're under responsive to your sensory environment when you are engaged with a screen. And so you aren't making those neural connections in the brain. So our brain is very neuroplastic, which means it's very moldable and shapeable, but it, the screens limit that process. Right. So it, it, they're very damaging, um, especially any child under the age of two, but any, any age, they're, it's mm-hmm. not great. Um, so I'm not even talking about the social media issues of comparing and going down anxiety. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about child development. That, that's, that, that was, so that's that was a big question, contributor. Yeah. That's a big contributor. And another con- contributor, if, if this is the only tip people take away from the podcast, I've done my job, which is this, especially for the baby to two years, is babies need to be on the floor on their tummy, on their back, on their tummy, on their back. Container syndrome (laughs) is when we're putting them in bumbo chairs, when we are putting them in jolly jumpers, when we're overseating them in their high chair, overseating them in their car seat, overseating them, putting them in sitting when their body's not already getting into sitting, that can that can hinder the reflex integration stuff. That can hinder their sensory processing. So um, for example, if you think of a rose, a beautiful open scented rose and it's gorgeous, but it's not open yet. And it's just, you know, it's like going to be beautiful in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And we start peeling back the petals because we're like, darn it, get beautiful, right? Get going, <laughs> get your development going, start crawling, start yeah. walking. We want you to do these things. So we put them in sitting, for example. Um, but they didn't go into sitting on their own. So we are asking the rose to do something it's not prepared to do yet. And it doesn't work out. Right? So when we are putting children in positions that their body isn't getting to yet on their own, it's not always going to work out optimally. And gotcha. so when they're on the floor, they are going to increase their body awareness because that proprioception comes in from the pressure from their body on the floor. And then they're not restrained for experimenting a movement. Even if they're uh, uh, struggling down there, that's a good workout for their body. If they're just right. stressed, of course, pick them up. Um, but so I'm people overuse containers and it's causing a lot of these issues or contributing to a lot of these issues. So containers is one screens is another, um, you know, adverse reactions to various things when they're younger can cause issues. So is it all happening more today than before? Yes. And then, yeah, the last couple years of COVID everyone went indoors. We all felt terrible for our kids. We gave them the grace to have the screens. We gave them the grace to, right. right? Um, for us, what we noticed is the stranger danger. Like, it was yeah. all, all of my friends. Yeah, like, they missed a lot kids. of learning. Just it's social yeah. interacting. It's, yes. We, we've got some friends with, with kids that, you know, they're just not used to other kids. They're not used to other people that, being around the house. That's and all neural connections that got missed absolutely. during that time. It's to nobody's fault. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. Yeah, same, same, same with mine. Like, he was born. He was the only <laughs> young one in, in a family of six. And, uh, yeah, he just, he won't, like, he'll play with kids, mm-hmm. but he wants his time where he just sits alone and then it's his toy and it's his stuff and don't touch his stuff because right. he's going to be pissed. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I have to say there is some undoing over the last couple of years for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And then when I get on a podcast and listen to other, um, professionals working in similar areas, they're all saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Something I've always wondered, and it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's something it's more of a parenting versus kind of where, where you're. Um, expertise comes in but pacifiers yeah how do so i feel about pacifiers pacifier. yeah we've always yeah. So my wife and i we made a decision and i think it's always been a, a decision we've had conversations with friends mm-hmm. what's what's your i'd, I'd say p- 
personal and, and professional? Right. That's a good question. Um, so besides any dental issue, you know how some yeah, they yeah, say we'll, the mouth we'll can that, de- yeah. deform. Okay. So yeah. besides that, um, oral motor, um, oral motor work and or the oral need is a very very legitimate and and important part of child development. So you have two ears, you have two eyes, you have two hands, you have two you have you have two legs, you have one mouth. It's very centering, and there's a part of the brain a concept in the brain called the homunculus, which is the parts of the brain that have a representation of tactile. And uh, the hands are huge. So you imagine our sensation of touch has got to be very, very fine-tuned for the hand. The mouth is also very big. So they learn so much information about objects and sensory input by mouthing. So when a child is mouthing things, they are learning massively. So, but we're talking pacifier specifically. So calming, they want the pacifier. That's a sensory need. So if we remove the pacifier and say, well, we don't want you using that for whatever, I don't want you dependent on it. They're, they're not going to do it forever. They're not going to do it forever. They are needing it at that stage for calming their sensory system. It's very centering to use your mouth. So sometimes you'll notice yourself if you're really concentrating, you're chewing on the end of your pen. Um, they do that. Right? <laughs> or, or Michael Jordan sticks out his tongue when he's doing his, remember yeah. that whole thing? Yeah. Um, the mouth area is very important. So I believe, and you know, I had two, I have two kids who they, they use pacifiers. They will get rid of them when they're ready. They will potty train when they're ready. Yeah, yeah. there's things one can do to support that process, but if they need it. They, they, they may just find they something else. So like our daughter, so that's our son, right. he had the pacifier, he had the soother and, he held it on and he got rid of it whatever it stayed. But for my daughter, we, we decided not to give it to her. Mm-hmm. But so she has this this unicorn stuffy. That she chews. And that yeah. unicorn <laughs> is just a pacifier and she uses it the same that's, way. So that's like, right. And did so, we actually achieve anything? Right. And some of the older kids that are still very oral because of their sensory processing needs, um, you can actually purchase things called chewy toys. And they're like chewy necklaces yeah. where that yeah. they can yeah, have access to that. So... Sophie the giraffe, which everybody knows. Yeah, so I'm okay with them. I'm okay, okay with them, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That question I have, so we, we talked about it, because we do this every single time. So anybody else who joins this podcast, um, you'll recognize we, we end up talking a little bit too much. Pre, we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we're all just chatting. Yeah, so it's yeah. the way it works. Uh, but we're talking about some mis- possible misdiagnoses. Like misdiagnoses? <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm in. I'm in no. Uh, no natural. Anyways, I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick to mortgages. Um, Fair enough. A misdiagnosis. Just, just, just misdiagnosis. <laughs> a wrong diagnosis. So yeah, autism is a, is a big one. Everybody, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it crept up in us too, and we saw it. It's just like the, the Instagram, Facebook. So like, it's all over social media. Mm-hmm. Do your kids? Does your kids do these three things? Mm. Have you, has your kids displayed these things, right? So I think a lot of people just jump to the, oh my God, is my kid autistic? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you see that a lot in your profession? Because I think a lot of doctors, maybe maybe they don't quite fully understand the reflex and all the mm-hmm, that you're mm-hmm. mentioning. Yeah. Do you see a lot of that where there's been? Right. So like I said, I'm not operating as an OT per se right now. So back in my practice, I saw a whole lot more. And then even now, some of the kids that I'm working with, um, Yes, there is the questions out there. Oh, is, there, is this autism? And so what does get um, confusing is children with autism almost at 100% of the time have sensory processing issues. And so their behaviors will, will um, display that, will show that. 
There are a lot of children who have sensory processing issues that do not have autism. And that's where the confusing part comes in. Mm -hmm. So there's a great book um, by Carol Cranow. It's called The Out-of-Sync Child. And it talks about the child with sensory processing issues. But they don't have the social component of autism or they don't have some of the other things that autism brings. So there is some deciphering that needs to happen there. But what I am noticing more now is doctors will diagnose sensory processing disorder as a diagnosis as opposed to autism. Mm. So I think they are more aware of that aspect. Not maybe the reflex integration stuff I talked about, but right. the sensory processing has become more known to be its own thing. Okay. Yeah. So any anything in particular you think that is a is a good reason for somebody to reach out to somebody like yourself that they're they're noticing like like is there any distinct things that you'd say, well, you know, here's here's generally what I'd recommend reaching out to somebody like mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. Well, for me, and what I'm, what I'm doing, it could be as simple as they're behind in their handwriting. And it, it's a fine motor skill issue, whether it's because of the COVID part. So now it's almost like I just need the tutoring with really good tips and strategies. Um, or is there, a, is there a reason behind the motor skill issue? So people come see me because they have um, goals for school, like handwriting, like shoe tying, or they're noticing their balance and their hand-eye coordination, not great for sports. Um, so they might, the parents might notice it at a motor level and think, oh, I want to I wanna see someone like Becky who can really give us these tips and strategies. Okay. <clears throat> and then others will see it from the sensory point of view and go, I'm seeing this. What are the tips and strategies? And those kids usually have motor control issues as well, but they often will show up as having focus issues and or, and or behavior issues and attention issues. Like the, a little boy that I was seeing the other day, I work with him, we're doing fine motor skills, he needs to get up, crash on the floor and roll. So he's looking for his proprioceptive and vestibular input and then he can come back. Well, in a classroom that looks like, what the heck is going on, you can't just get up and crash and roll around. And my, in my um, session, you can, because I know you need it. Your body needs mm -hmm. it for your brain to get back on focus when you come back. So what are the strategies, and so I try and also give some tips to the parents. What are the strategies you can do at school that, okay, he's not allowed to do that right, at right. school, but what can we do to replace it? So I will give you an example of this one girl who came um, because of, my clothes don't feel right, socks don't feel right, things don't feel right. So mom knew there was some sort of sensory tactile thing going on. So I was using the strategy of deep pressure and proprioception to help calm the, the tactile system. And so I gave her the specific movement of army crawling. It's a specific act action to do, and it gives provides what's called heavy work. <clears throat> so I'm just gonna back up for a second. If you have a toothache, you push on your tooth. If you stub your toe, you squeeze your toe. Mm -hmm. So pressure dampens pain. Okay, so when a child has these sensitivities, I will use deep pressure and what's called heavy work to dampen that sensitivity, similar concept. So we were doing this deep pressure and we do some squeezes around the, the foot area and a few other things. Okay, so she left wearing socks that day for, with, from, from my session, it was fantastic. And so I got a message not too long in after school started saying, oh my gosh, we are doing these activities before school every day. We're having these great days we forgot or we couldn't get to it this one day, these activities you gave us to do. And it was a disaster of a day. <laughs> so it's knowing the strategies to set the child right, up to perform right. at their optimal level for the rest of the day. They're not hard, but if you don't and, know them. It helps them build a routine too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it meets the need of their body system in a way right. that they can be at their optimal level. Um, all, that's all they're trying to do is seek it. They just need some support doing that. Interesting. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can, we can talk about kids and 
Oh, and, and and motor sensors all day. But, uh, <laughs> that's fascinating. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I guess I mean, you know, if anybody has any questions for for Becky, I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll leave we'll leave your information there, and then people will be, be more great. than happy yeah. to reach out. Yeah, yeah, Hope absolutely. Yeah. So we'll do the the hot seat questions. Jawad loves his questions. Yeah. Oh, hot seat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't you don't know what these questions oh, are? Okay. It's rapid fire. Okay. Whatever comes to mind first. <laughs> okay. Got okay. It. Got it. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? So this has nothing to do with the sensor. No. Nope. Oh. No. Best piece of advice I've ever gotten. God first. God first in my life. That's my best piece of advice. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what's the best book you've ever read? Okay. Um, I'd have to say the Bible because I feel it was like alive to my life. But if we're going to go like more into like... An it's author. Your answer is your you, answer. Okay, your well, there's answer. that. But, but I do want to mention Brandon Sanderson's a fantastic author. Okay, okay. Yeah. sounds good. Um, you're flipping through the channels. Movie comes on. What's the one movie that you'll drop everything and sit down and watch, regardless of how many times you've watched it? Oh, see, I don't like watching things more than once. So that's a bit of a problem. That's I, an interesting answer. Yeah, I've I don't heard that one. Right? Before. I don't love doing that. However, Cool Runnings is <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> and I've watched it a few times. Series. Prison Break. Oh my gosh. Oh, I haven't seen that. ruined me for that time. I go, oh, it, I, yeah, it invaded my dreams. It is so did they, good. Did they come back? Did I, I swear I saw something. It's on there. Netflix. Is that what but did, did, are they making like a sequel? To no, I think it's something? done. No? I think it's done. Yeah, okay. I, Prison I, Break. So I good. Oh my gosh. I'm sort of behind the series. Just, I, I don't have time anymore for TV. Oh, it, right. And I, ha- I have to really like it. Yeah, I don't watch TV, but if there's one that captures me, then I get excited. Fair enough. Um, that's it for me. The last one I always find interesting is the what is the either skill or skill set oh, yeah. that you don't possess that you wish you did. Oh, like being really musical. Everybody always goes to music. Like, doesn't that feel fantastic? To just bust out in song and sound good. So, so like, are we going sing, sing, singing fly. or music, like musical instruments, or are we going? Sing? I'm gonna say singing. Yeah. More. I, was, I did play piano growing up, but it was more academic for me. I'm like, teach me, I'll do it. Yeah. But was I musical about it? No. Right. Okay. Right. So I feel like an instrument, one could be academic and learn it, but to be truly musical, so that's where I think singing, I guess. I don't know. It'd just be awesome to sound good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You should, you should, uh, you should uh, hear Colton sing. Oh yeah, are you a singer? The, the so on, does that feel good? The, the joke, the joke is that I, could, I just I hit notes, the others just can't hear. Is this for real? I, I don't know. You're smirking. Is this for real? No, I don't. I don't sing. You don't sing. Okay. No, no, no. It's not one of my hidden talents. It is absolutely not one of those talents. <laughs> It, um, it's hidden, all right. <laughs> oh, she's hidden. She's buried, she's buried deep, yeah. deep in there. Well, Becky, thanks for joining us. Um, anybody else that's listening, like I said, we, we've been doing these. We're on episode nine, I believe. Um, we just, you know, it's, it's whether small business owners or industry experts, anybody in Talbot Village, we're trying to get um, more, more behind um, the scenes, um, some understandings on, on industries, but get to know our neighbors, get to know the individual owners and kind of spread some information out for free. So that's what we're doing. Reach out to Jawad and I if you'd like to join us. Otherwise, we will see you on the next one. See you on the next one.